Rap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN app. That's why I Good morning and welcome in to the Captain Jay Hood Morning Show here on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app with David Kaplan, Jonathan Hood with you. Glad to have you in here on the ride into work on this Friday. Not just a Friday, a football Friday. And good morning, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Brought to you by Connie's P2. It's where you can watch the show and every show. Now time for Shot or No Shot right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. And it's brought to you by Sterling Productions. And we say good morning to Shay. It's news to me. I didn't know I owned a production company. You do. But it's be getting royalties. Let's go. Rock and roll. All right, boys. The Bears hired Kevin Warren to be president and CEO moving forward. It has been reported that Warren's impact on building U.S. Bank Stadium during his time with the Vikings was, quote, appealing to the Bears during the hiring process. So my question for you, shot or no shot, if the final nail wasn't already in Soldier Field's coffin, it is now. That's a shot. It was already there. This is so far down the road, a done deal. They haven't closed on the purchase, but it's under contract. It's like, oh, the hoods are moving. I heard they just got a house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we haven't gone to the closing yet, but yes, we've got the earnest money in and we're good to go. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, that that is a shot. And and so I'm and very happy because that's part of the new look Chicago Bears also. They realized Soldier Field, it just it just was not where the Bears should be playing. I mean, if it's a, a charter franchise, it deserves the best. And this is why you have the best at this point in time as president. You're, you have a young GM and a young head coach, a young quarterback. So along with the new, it comes a new stadium. And I know that we saw some things on the news and saw online what it could look like. And I just can't wait to be, keep my coat in the car, just be able to just walk around the mall of where the of the Bear Stadium and be able to go to some shops and restaurants. Like, oh, there's a game there, too. I think I'll go to my seats now. 12 o'clock? Let's sit down in our seats. I've, it should be fun. I've said that to you, that you're going to have your wife in the car and she's going to have her big coat on. It's cold. Hun, we're parking indoors. Leave the coat. We're going to walk in 72 degrees. Oh, I want to get something to eat there, but can we run in there? I want to get a shirt for Wiley, my cousin, or Maceo. Sure. Right. Sure. Absolutely. It's going to be such a different way to experience it. It's a, and it's, an, it's a new generation of Bears fo- uh, football, too. Those that still believe in bear weather and the cold, guess what? Teams from the West and the South who are kicking the Bears' ass in that same cold weather that you're used Correct. to for years and years. What di- how about something different? <laughs> something new for a change. Maybe they'll put a big screen up at Soldier Field and people like Shea who want it outdoors, they can have vendors and they can let them sit outside and watch while you and peacock or indoors you'll get your chicago uh out, outdoor football don't worry when the afc comes in here when it's the chicago amazons or whoever's going to buy it uh don't worry you can still go to soldier field and have your same generational feel of being able to tailgate and, and watch football in that spaceship well, the glass dome they're putting over it <laughs> it's like somehow they'll be rickety also it'll still be cold very similar to sofi stadium by the way correct something we didn't mention by the How way about the raining na- inside there yeah the, the national championship game there was rain in there like wait a minute is that a dome kind of dome it has no sides it's ridiculous it's an open air roof and what happened was the wind was so fast it blew the rain inside to the roof and then it was dripping off of the roof onto people Yes, and those people, brutal. And those people apparently on that side of the field, TCU fans. 
Brutal. So what a great experience. You're getting your ass kicked, and it's raining on you in a dome stadium. That isn't even an ass kicking. <laughs> That's a bloodletting. Shay. Uh, with the draft still some three months away, that hasn't stopped the rumor mill from starting. Reporting from Indianapolis suggests the Colts are done looking for veteran help at quarterback after the failures of Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan. So shot or no shot, the Colts are the best trade partner for the number one pick. That's a shot because you're not going back too far. Mm-hmm. I'm getting, I would think, a fairly substantial package to move. Go from one to four. Am I getting a DeForest Buckner or a Quentin Nelson and a bunch of draft capital? I'm interested. And if not, they like Will Levis. I'll keep reading. That's what I hear. He's the guy that is rocketing up the draft boards. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. I just, look, I'm no dream killer. All I know is I watch a ton of college football, Mm -hmm. and I was just not knocked out by the totality of the quarterbacks that could be available in the first round. Doesn't mean that they won't be anything. I won't say that. I'm just saying that I just, when I think of Will Levis at Kentucky, I think he's a guy, based on what I saw in college, a guy. But can he develop into something? Sure, absolutely. Look, again, I said the other day, I went back and looked. Patrick Mahomes was the 42nd ranked player in that draft. 42nd. He was a wild Bronco. Correct. and, And you know what? I shouldn't even put it on him as much as it's just how wild that double guns offense was. He was just all over the place. It looked like Favre when he first came into the league. Correct. All over the place. Just no mechanics, footwork, just out of control. But it's amazing what happens when there's coaching and teaching. And talent around him. Mm-hmm. Correct. Shay. That's, I mean, just that's the, everybody thinks about like, well, if maybe we just outsmart the room and pick the kid with the strongest arm who had no help and then he turns into Josh Allen. Josh Allen might just be one of one. He might have just been the one guy that had no help and had a cannon and had the miracle QB whisperer coach in Dable who was present. Maybe you just take the swing on that kid and you keep screwing up like everybody did before. (laughs) Josh Allen was the gem, and you can't find it again. And just another guy at Wyoming. The scouting report on he was Wyoming four years or three? I don't know if he came out early. I think three. Scouting report on Will Levis. Three seasons, but One of the more complicated players in the 2023 draft class, Levis, is the prototype in terms of physical tools, size, mobility, and arm strength. He's durable with a high pain tolerance and has the intelligence to handle an NFL playbook. Okay. We're going to find out. 6'3", 232, big arm. We're going to see. Shea. All right, the NFL playoffs start this weekend with the wild card round. Four of the 12 teams in that round failed to win 10 games. The Dolphins, Giants, Bucks, and Jags all won nine. Bucks, of course, only won eight, but they won that garbage division. Shot or no shot, the Bears can look like the Jags or the Giants next year. That's a shot. Yes, they can. Will they? I don't know. Since he asked the question that way, since he said can, that opens up the door. Like, yeah, yeah, they could. Bear, you, and the question he put it how, can win, be the Jags and Giants? Or, or the Giants, yeah. Sure. Yeah, Shot. yeah sure. They, yeah. Could they? Yeah. Will they is a different question. Right? Yeah, yeah I'm going to go. It's a different I, question. I could co-sign with Hoodie. Yes, they can. I believe they're going to be like a 5-6 win football team next year. This is not a one-year turnaround. It's not. 
What would you say that the Jags and Giants turned it around? They got better. For sure. And because things broke their way in certain games, they made the playoffs. For sure. I don't see a scenario where the Bears make the playoffs. I do not. I didn't see a scenario where the Giants or Jags would make the playoffs this year. <laughs> uh, the, J- the Jags, I actually did. They got the clown show coach out of there. It was a toxic environment. They spent money in free agency. They had more pieces on their roster than the Bears currently do. Thank you, Charlie, for that salient advice. Yes. Well, Charlie Charlie saw it. He's prescient. He saw it first. Yes, he was. (laughs) 100%. Charlie saw it. it. He thought that the Jaguars would be good. And guess what? Many of our Cap and Jared listeners cashed in. Did he not? They did. They cashed in. No question about it. Thank you, Charlie. Shay. All right. Uh, everybody wanted to talk about the college football playoff and how many blowouts happen in that event. Obviously, this year the semifinals were great, but we saw the biggest blowout in bowl game history in the national title game. Well, wild card weekend's not all that different. In the in last season, the first season with sep- with the seven seeds, can't speak. Four of the six wild card round games were decided by at least two scores. Three of those were decided by three scores, including the one thirty point sound the alarms destruction of the New England Patriots. Shot or no shot, wild card weekend is as overrated as the college football playoff. Well, neither is overrated to me, pal. I mean, especially on the college side. Well, especially when you're a Georgia fan. Yeah, well, a- absolutely. That's just a joy ride to a championship against a team that shouldn't even have been there. Um, I don't think it's overrated. I'd say no shot. I like all football. I didn't have my heart beating on the console like you did last Monday mm-hmm. when they scored the first touchdown. It was 10 nothing, and then Max Duggan dove in the end zone, and I'm like, my guy's probably like, oh, God, really? Here we go. Mm-hmm. I do not think it's overrated, and I'm excited to watch football with my son all weekend long. It's a, it's a no shot for me, and, and, he, and here's the reason why, Shay, is because it wasn't me pining for more football. It's you NFL fans that was pining for more football. You wanted more. You wanted an extra wild card. You wanted an extra week because it gives you an opportunity to either enjoy football, fantasy, gambling. This is what you wanted, and so when you get matchups that seem inferior, uh, you know that's not on me. This is what the fans want. TV ratings want it. Every the gamblers want it. So that that's fine. It's not overrated. It's just what it is. And for the college football playoff, it's it's uh, it's up to that committee. Uh, that committee. Here's the thing which I find interesting about this is that they want to have more uh, teams in the, play, in the college football playoff. You sure that's what you want? More Cinderella's and more middling teams in the college football playoff? Ultimately, it's going to come down to the best. It's the Georgias, it's the Alabamas, the Ohio States. That's what it comes down to. So you can have as many teams as you want in the college football playoff. The best is always going to rise to the top. I don't disagree with you. I do believe that you need to expand it because an Alabama, I think, would have been in the championship game. Somebody else, TCU, I don't think would have advanced through a 12-team field. I do not. However, if I'm the Big Ten, I'm embarrassed by a Big 12 team winning that way. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, so the mighty Big Ten, you can't beat that Big 12 team at a nothing conference pretty much nowadays? Okay. Now, if you told me TCU went through three Big Ten teams, we went from 12 to 6, however they set the buys up, and all of a sudden they're still standing and they beat Ohio State, they beat Michigan. Really? Yeah, now. They got one win. That's it. So there you have it. Actually, they got uh, 12 of them. Ah! 
13 of them. Right. Lost to a team Alabama destroyed. Shouldn't have, they, have been there. They got 13 wins. Well, Alabama should have taken. I digress. We've talked about this enough. I just am making the point to you. Like, for this me, weekend's not overrated. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch all the football this weekend, but it's billed as super wild card weekend. And what we end up seeing is in the NFL, cream rises, the garbage here. Uh, we have a nine and a half point spread in two of these games, a 13 and a half point spread in one of them. We're yeah, not nope. going to watch good football. But you'll be, but but you'll we'll be watching. Watch. Absolutely. Because it's football. Correct. And I could be able to play from quarter to quarter if I want to. And Sunday night, it's not going to be the Bears at the Packers in week two where mm. win or lose, blowout or not, there's games next week. Ye- Sunday night is a winner go home. It'll be cool. One sidebar. Hey, you ready for this? Because they're going to get ready for our picks. So, Cam McCormick. Know the name? Cam McCormick. Yes. Charlie's smiling because he knows who that is. I do not. Cam McCormick's career at Oregon is over as a tight end after seven seasons. The tight end is done playing college football. He, he had an injury play career as a duck and it has made him eligible for two more seasons. So he announced Tuesday that he's going to the transfer portal. You know who's going to look at him? Miami. So here's the point. He, his career is over at Oregon after seven seasons in college. And he has two more that he can be able to be part of because he's going in the portal. And Miami's taking a look. Wait, so he could play nine years. And I know there was the COVID thing and you got an extra year because of COVID. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Charlie, is this not the old man on campus? Yeah, this guy started college before I did, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think that's true. That's incredible. I think that's true, actually. Think about that. So you're going to be the old man with the, the your backwards hat with the skateboard going into to Miami. Nine years in college? That's beyond the Evan Eschmeyer plan. You got to live off campus and stuff, right? Like, you can't, You got to, like, have a job or something. You Evan. can't be going to class. You can't be, I mean, what, what is he, 30? You can't be, like, sitting down for lecture and stuff. You got to do your own thing. Yeah, so the question, Evan Eschmeyer. So, but, but here's the question, Cap. Shouldn't there be a cap on the age? To be eligible and still be in college, you're a man taking on young men. Well, what about someone, though, that goes off? We've seen this. Goes to the military. The missions? Or goes on a Mormon mission, and they're still playing. They want to play. No, I don't think there should be an age cap. He came to Eugene at 17 years old. He's going to be 26 when he's done. (laughs) That's why one of the great betting nuggets is when you find, like, BYU with like three veteran offensive linemen who are 24, 25 because they've been on a Mormon mission. Mm-hmm. They have less wear and tear on their body, and they are much more mature. You find an offensive, a defensive line they're going up against that is all 18, 19-year-old young players. They crush them. We talked about the wild card weekend. We have our picks for it coming up next on Cap and J-Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitch at ESPN 1000 Chicago. Cap and Jay Hood are back on Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN Chicago. Nick Foles sucks. He sucks. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. I love the Green Bay Packers. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. I want winners. He starts to come and he pulls out. This is a really... Thickly built guy. I mean, what's the answer you're looking for on these things here? Huh? Oh, it's time to 
to go around the National Football League for our wild card weekend on Captain Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. I'd like to let you know that coming up at 10 o'clock will be Black and Abdallah. They will be in for Greeny, Carmen Yurko at 12, Wadlin Sylvia at 2, and Tyler Aki will be in for Black and Abdallah from 6 to 8 right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Now let's take a look at our wild card weekend picks. Here's Shay Norley. Shay? All right, we're going to start in Jacksonville. The Chargers on the road taking on the Jags. And the Chargers, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite. Everybody's down on this Los Angeles team because, well, Brandon Staley's a moron and kept his starters in in Week 18, and he got Mike Williams hurt. But watch out because the Chargers are the much better football team in my estimation. Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence both making their first playoff start. Wash that away. And Joey Bosa's probably going to go. And honestly, I'm a Staley guy. Chargers minus two and a half. I think they hit him with a sledgehammer. What do you think, Cap? So I am not as down on what he did keeping his players in after talking to Mike Shanahan a few years ago. Yurko was on the team that Denver... 14 and 2, fini- or I think they finished 14 and 2. They did not play their guys the last game and they lost their first playoff game. Mike said, never again. Football players play football. I don't care if the game is irrelevant in the standings. My guys lost their edge. Not going to do it. I really like this Jacksonville team. I do. I'm just not sure it's their time yet to take the next step. I think Justin Herbert is an amazing, amazing football player. I'm hoping it's tremendous theater. I got to think it's going to be really super, super competitive. God, I want Jacksonville to win desperately. So I'll go with my heart. I'll take Jacksonville. Yeah, I feel good about Jacksonville. So I like Jacksonville plus a two and a half. I think that. You know, for, it may not be all on Trevor Lawrence, but I think it could be on this defense, the opportunistic defense for the Jaguars. So Rayshon Jenkins has a knack for delivering some big plays. He had that strip sack against Joshua Dobbs. I mean, he was just a man for an island by himself. I mean, looking at Josh Dobbs out there, I'm like, oh, my God, he's got a, this, you know, a, a decent enough arm. But you just know he was overmatched that last game that we saw to get to Jag- the Jaguars in the playoffs cap. So I got a great feeling for the Jaguars. I think Jacksonville gets the job done. They win the game outright, and it'll be a close, but I think the defense makes a difference for the Jags in this game. Yeah, I, I'm with, with Shay that Herbert's amazing, man. He's sure. great. I love Trevor Lawrence. You know I always have. I'm just I'm going to let my heart lead me, and I'm going to root for Jacksonville. Also, I think that this is the future of the league, these two quarterbacks. Agreed. Lawrence against Herbert, we, we're going to see this more than once, I'm sure. That's the Saturday night game. Yeah. All right, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, with the Jaguars here. This comes down to, this, to the fact that I trust Doug Peterson more in the playoffs than Brandon Staley. Shay? Ravens on the road in Cincinnati taking on the Bengals. Bengals a nine-and-a-half point favorite. That's up from five-and-a-half at open because guess what? Lamar Jackson's not going to play. And if Lamar Jackson's not going to play, well, if you saw the stats, the Ravens' points per game drop by about 11 when he doesn't play versus when he does play. So I'm taking the Bengals. Yeah, I like the Bengals um, and the nine and a half. Joe Burrow has been one of the best quarterbacks in the fourth quarter in games. He's ranking top three in quarterback uh, rating as well as passing touchdowns and first and down rate. The other thing is, is that we take a look at Jamar Chase. We talk about him a lot when we talk about the Bengals. Ranked second among all wide receivers in receiving yards after contact this season. He's all world. He's a big difference maker for the Jags. 
uh, for uh, the Bengals. So I like the Bengals to cover that number against the Ravens team. They'll be rudderless at the quarterback spot. Storling texted me the other day, hey, I got a good source on this one. Lamar's not going to be ready. Bet it now before it moves. I got it at a much lower number. So I will root for the Bengals to cash my ticket. But with nine and a half, give me the Ravens. I'm a John Harbaugh guy. I think his guys play super hard for him. I think they're pretty good defensively. I'm on the Raven to cover that large spread. I just don't think Baltimore has the has the horses to keep up here. I'm going to take the Bengals to cover. Seahawks and Niners. Niners nine and a half point favorites. And honestly, I know that's a lot of points to swallow, but the Niners are just such a good roster. To me, it's the best roster in football. It's probably the best team in football. It's my pick to make the Super Bowl out of the NFC. I'm down on the Eagles from where I was preseason. 49ers minus 9.5. Seahawks are out of gas. Geno's been horrible lately. Yeah, I like the Seahawks in the 9.5. I think the 49ers outright win the game. It's a great story for Brock Purdy because Mr. Irrelevant is in the in the big-time spotlight in the playoffs, which is crazy, right? Six straight games with at least two touchdown passes, the longest streak by a 49ers quarterback since Jeff Garcia in 2001. The Seahawks have allowed 27 points a game allowed on the road this season, third most in the National Football League. But I really believe that it's a playoff scenario. Things get a little tighter. I think for sure that the 49ers win, but I think it's closer to the 9.5. Yeah, I'm going to take the nine and a half with Seattle. I think San Francisco does win the football game, but I don't think this is the cakewalk that others think it might be. We're going to find out. Brock Purdy, are you really the real deal? Or did Kyle Shanahan pull a rabbit out of his hat to go through three quarterbacks, banged up team, and be standing here with a 10-game win streak? So I want the Niners to win, but I'll take the points to cover I think nine and a half is a lot against a very good coach in the playoffs. So I'm going to take Seattle to cover here. I'm going to, I think they can keep it close with Pete Carroll at the helm. Dolphins going up north to Buffalo to take on the Bills, and the Dolphins are doing that without a quarterback. So the Bills, 13.5-point favorites. Interesting they hang it right there inside of 14. I think I'm going to take the Dolphins, and the biggest reason why, the Bills can do the minimum and win this game. They don't want to put things on film for Cincinnati or Buffalo. Why would they? They can go through their motions, beat a Dolphins team that's rudderless, and they don't need to cover a huge number. So I'm going to take the Dolphins to cover 13.5. God, I think the Bills in a route. Quite frankly, I, I just think that Tyreek Hill and, Jay, and Jalen Waddle—they combined for over three thousand yards combined this season, third most by teammates in the season—and just the fourth pair of teammates to combine for three thousand yards as receiver as receivers uh, in the National Football League. They have some weapons, yes, but someone's got to get them the ball. Skylar Thompson can't do that, and I really believe that the Bills, because of Josh Allen, 8-2 and two, with a 76 quarterback rating, 27 passing touchdowns, five interceptions in his career against the Dolphins, he owns. He could say, I own you. I own you, Dolphins. I own you. They, he will own them again, and the 13-and-a-half. Well said. I don't think there's anything that they're going to hide to not keep on tape. They've been playing all year long. I don't think there's any magic that you're trying to keep in a trick bag. I think the Buffalo Bills blow them out. Yeah, Buffalo. I, I hope Buffalo enjoys their 25 point playoff win because I think they're <laughs> they're gonna they're a rocket right now. I think they they destroy Miami. Giants on the road in Minnesota taking on the Vikings indoors. 3:30 p.m. kickoff up in Minnesota. You know what that means. It's going to be dark out by the time this one's over. Kirk, don't shine when the moon's out, Hoodie. I'm going Giants. You can keep the points. Daniel Jones goes in there and sends these frauds home. Mm. 
Yeah, I think the Vikings are going to win this one. The one thing about the Giants that stood out to me just reading about this game, 16 turnovers in the regular season, second fewest in the NFL, which is good for the Giants. That's great. But I still believe that the Vikings at home will have the advantage. Kirk Cousins will, will show out. Probably taking the under in this game, too, by the way. But I like the Vikings and the three. They will win against the Giants. Yep, I'm going to lay the three points as well. This is a chance for Minnesota to hit the reset button and quiet all their critics. Can they do it? We're going to find out. I do think they beat a Giants team that looks to me to be a bit fraudulent that's exceptionally well coached. Everybody's on the Giants, and you know what? I'm right there with them. I think they can win this game outright. Give me the Giants. Cowboys laying two and a half at the Bucks. Everybody's just writing the storybook. Tom Brady at home. Dallas comes in. Tom Brady sends him home. It's classic Cowboys lose early in the playoffs. You know what happens when there's a really public dog, usually? Hmm. They're old yeller. Give me the Cowboys. <laughs> he likes the Cowboys to win this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady has 35 career playoff wins. The same as the Cowboys franchise. <laughs> wow. Okay. Only the Patriots and the Steelers and the Packers have more playoff wins all time. I'm going to go with the GOATs. I like the Buccaneers to win. And here's the reason, Cap, and we talked about this earlier. What's up with Dak Prescott? You know, I know they talk about this on television at nauseum, but uh, but when you take a look at it, it's like, can Dak be able to turn the corner for the Cowboys? I think the Buccaneers in a close one win the ball game. Yeah, I'm going to say the game is exceptionally close, but I'm going to put my chips on Tom Brady, not Dak Prescott, who is trending down as he goes into the playoffs. Pick six here, pick six there. Doesn't look great. Team doesn't look great. A lot of pressure on them. Give me the Buccaneers to win the game outright. There is something smelly in here, and it is this line. But you know what? I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Like like Shea said, when there's a public dog like this, it's old yeller. Give me Dallas. And that is our picks as we look at Wild Card Weekend. Cannot wait for the game to start on Saturday. And we're going to be uh, really locked in, taking a look at our picks, and hope that you have a happy gambling weekend. Coming up, Courtney Cronin, her thoughts on Kevin Warren being the new president of the Bears and her thoughts about Wildcard Weekend. All part of the mix right here on Cap and J-Hood. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Twitter at ESPN1000. Cap and J-Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Now, Courtney Cronin. Double C. Bears insider. And Irish dancer? I was an Irish dancer, probably like 10 to like 13. Takes you into Hallis Hall on Cap'n J Hood. Kevin Warren was named the president of the Chicago Bears. Lamar Jackson is out this weekend for the Baltimore Ravens. His knee is unstable as he tweeted it out on his Twitter feed. Atlanta is going to host the Bills Chiefs game and all AAA parks to have robot umps. Lisa Marie Presley died. She had full cardiac arrest. Among the headlines that we're keeping our eyes on on Cap and Jay Hood here on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. Courtney Cronin covers the Bears of the National Football League for ESPN Chicago. She joins us here on Cap and Jay Hood. Good morning, Courtney. Good morning, guys. How are we? How are you? Good. It's been a busy couple days here as we try to get into the off season. But um, yesterday, I think was a good day for the Bears. So very good one. Yeah, when you have Kevin Warren as a president, it is a good day. So I just want to know what you've heard about Kevin Warren and why this hire 
um, is top shelf for the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I was on the phone most of yesterday. I talked to everybody from Vikings owner Mark Wilf to Morty Shapiro, who was the former president of the Big Ten and also president at Northwestern. Mark Coyle, who's an AD up at Minnesota, just trying to get like the overall reaction to this and also why Kevin Warren makes sense from an executive leadership standpoint. And in talking with those people and talking with other staffers, especially those who, who work for the Vikings and were those he brought on when he was there from 05 to to 19, the biggest thing that I got out of those conversations is the willingness to do whatever it takes. That this is somebody who has there's no idea too big for Kevin Warren to attack. No, and a lot of this is very grandiose and big, you know, big ideas that he brings to the table that he's able to execute on. And of course, the first thing that comes to mind for Bears fans, because you're asking yourselves, like, remember team presidents are not always the most visible position. Like fans know what to do when a coach and a GM are hired. They know what questions they want asked. They want to, they know what it means for them in the on-field product. A team president just really most times has nothing to do with the on-field product. And how does Kevin Warren affect the average fan? Well, the stadium's the first thing that comes to mind. And in my conversation with Mark Wilf, it was you know a lot about what he did with that stadium, getting their practice facility and the entire development at Vikings Lakes in Egan, Minnesota built. And that's very similar to what they're going to try to do with this 326-acre property out in Arlington Heights. And you know, I don't know if the Vikings would have gotten that done as efficiently and in the way that they did where the fan experience is top of the line inside U.S. Bank Stadium had it not been for Kevin Warren. Is there any chance that the Bears build another practice facility with all that acreage that they have in Arlington Heights or is it simply going to be like a one-off, like Soldier Field. They drive there and they play their games and everything's in Lake Forest. It's a great question, Cap, and it's one that I don't think that – I mean, it certainly was not in the renderings that we saw when we were at that initial meeting back in September, the day the season started, where they laid out, okay, this is what it's going to look like. They didn't really give us much of an indication of what the stadium itself was going to look like. We just know where it is in the – I think it was like more in like the northwest corner of that development – But it would make sense to have everything centrally located because, I mean, just in terms of the way that I drive around here, it's kind of hard to get from Lake Forest to Arlington Heights, uh, you know, without traffic. And that's, you know, I don't know if that's something that that's a good question that will come up on Tuesday. But the Vikings also have something that's kind of similar, like their facility that Kevin Warren helped get them out of, the one that's in Winter Park, was completely disjointed. There were people who worked downtown, people who worked across the street, people who worked in the main facility, and to get everybody under one roof was a priority. And he wasn't the team president, but he had a lot of those same roles as COO that I wouldn't be surprised if, if that's a conversation that comes up. Now, we we know that Hallis Hall did have renovations to it not that long ago, so maybe it's something that they stay there for a while. But you got to think, if, if you want everybody under one roof and you want to expand, you want to bring people in, that facility might not be equipped to do that and to be able to have state-of-the-art. Like, that's everything that Kevin Warren does. It's top-of-the-line, A-list, think-big, state-of-the-art, that maybe that would be something they'd consider trying to put at Arlington Park. Everything that happened in the Big Ten where the you started seeing Pac-12 teams coming over to the Big Ten. The television deals are already taken care of. I'm just wondering, from Kevin Warren's standpoint, did he? I wonder, does he feel like there was nothing else for him to do there in the Big Ten? Because you know, the, as I mentioned, everything else seems solidified there. And now, I guess maybe he felt it was the right time to bolt. 
I think that that has to be brought up and, and asked to him because, remember, he still had 18 months left on that contract after getting UCLA and USC to agree to become member institutions in 24 and after he you know, structured this seven years, $7 billion TV deal, which kind of feels like an NFL structure because you've got multiple networks competing for games. And, you know, I, I don't know what more he could have done. And honestly, this is my personal opinion. I think he got out at a really good time mm-hmm. in terms of college athletics because you're dealing with NIL, which is not a bad thing, but just like there are a lot of hoops to jump through there. There's been a ton of turnover. There's all brand new ADs and presidents throughout the Big Ten where, you know, having those relationships for those relationships that takes a lot of time and when you have one team you focus on where his entire focus is going to be on the Chicago Bears and what he does there instead of soon to be 16 member institutions that's 16 presidents 16 ADs that and not just football that's every sport that every school has that's a lot and I feel like he doesn't have any he didn't really have much left to prove in the Big Ten space is kind of what I gathered from people I talked to in the Big Ten <laughs> that it's like, what more can you do? I mean, now now you have an opportunity here. Like, this is the first – I'm the staggering thing in that press release that they put out yesterday. Like, I had known Ted Phillips was the first non-McCaskey to, to have that role in 102 years of the Bears being in existence, president and CEO. The fact, though, that it just – you read it. He's the first president to ever be hired from outside of the organization because Ted got that job 19 years into his tenure – like, does that not show you that they really are trying to break the mold of what they do on a daily basic and may- basis and maybe try to shake up some of their systemic issues that they have there? Because if you have the same school of thought getting recycled from people to people, you have company men. And I think that that's something, if the Bears are really serious about this being their most pivotal offseason maybe ever, you have to have somebody who's not just a power player, but somebody who is not afraid and actually like hates the status quo from everything I've heard about yeah. Kevin Warren. He's somebody who's going to come in there and force change through and do it in a way where everybody gets on board with it. So let's talk about the team itself. As you look at where they sit today, is it likely that they're going to make one trade down, maybe go to the Colts? Maybe is there a chance, what I favor, okay, Houston, you screwed up, you won. Come on up to number one. We'll go down to two and give us whatever it is, the 12th pick that they own as well, or give us a player, and then go from there to two to something else. What do you think happens? Yeah, I mean, you pointed out the two teams that make the most sense, like because you don't want to go further. I don't think you want to go further than four because, you know, the Jalen Carters, the Will Andersons, and most mock drafts, at least the ones that we have at ESPN, those players are gone. So... In making Houston buy their own pick back, like the school of thought there is, well, if they know, like the Bears, you know, a quarterback will be available to them either way at number two. Might it be C.J. Stroud and not Bryce Young? Yes, but no matter who gets the number one spot, Houston, if they stay at two, they'll still have another pick. Uh, at the you know kind of a pick at the entire draft board before everybody else and you know not to forget you're right there he, he, they do have that pick at number 12 so I think that that's enticing for the Chicago Bears that they're trying to do business with a Houston team of like all right you buy your pick back but you give us like we've got a lot of needs now we don't future first round picks are wonderful mm-hmm. but like we might want that number 12 pick what they're eyeing in that package the Colts though on the other hand and I've seen so many dra- mock draft scenarios on Twitter so some that I actually kind of agree with, um, where you can move up from four 
get your quarterback because we heard Chris Ballard say yes to the question of would you move heaven and earth to get a quarterback if he was the right guy at the top of the board. And then, you know, the Bears have so much more flexibility because right now they don't have that early second round pick, which is effectively a first rounder because it's at 32. They're going to want something in one of those early rounds where it's not just, okay, we're moving back to, let's say, four, and then you wait until you get that second round pick that's from Baltimore. They're going to want somebody else in that range. So I honestly think right now the Colts have the easiest path to making that happen. But if if Poles can play hardball with Nick Casario down in Houston, he might be able to get out more from that one than he would Indianapolis. Courtney, what is the one game you're looking forward to seeing for Wild Card Weekend? You know, I... I've kind of like gotten on this Giants bandwagon last couple months. I don't know what it is. I just think that Brian Dable and the, and the you know style of play, like the fact that they weren't really supposed to be here, but something's clicking with that team. So I'm excited for Vikings-Giants. I know everybody's picking the, Vi- the Vikings to lose in this game. Um, can that magic carry over? Can we actually – because this is a chance that we get to really judge the Minnesota Vikings and all of their one-score games and whether it was just a fluke. Like We'll get a chance to do that in the postseason. But I don't know. I'm really feeling confident in the Giants right now. And I know it's not like the sexy game of Wild Card Weekend, but that's the one that I'm looking forward to. Courtney, have a wonderful weekend, and it should be a fun football weekend. And then we've got, what, three and a half months, three months to just watch all the scenarios unfold. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a wild offseason, so I'm hoping that maybe things will quiet down after the press conference with Kevin Warren on Tuesday. Maybe we get like two weeks of quiet before Crazy crazy Town starts up, but uh, I'll be here for it either way, so just, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all be tuned in. I can't wait for Crazy Town. (laughs) Thanks for joining us here this morning. Thanks, guys. It is Courtney Cronin with us here on Cap and J Hood. Coming up next, uh, Shay the Scam Artist. And don't forget Tom Ricketts at 9 on Chicago's Home for Sports. Follow Chicago's Home for Sports on Facebook at ESPN Chicago. Cap and J Hood are back on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. Can we not call them bums? They earned their way to that level. They're not bums. They just did a bad job. I don't use the word hate. Ugh, a little shot. Made up of these three words that I must say to you. F. John Hamm, he's on the list. I just call. I effing hate to say I love you. Sounds like a complete jackass. They bought your sorry-ass jersey. F and John Ham sitting there with a cardinal hat on. F John Ham is on the list. Nick Foles sucks. Let's just be fair and honest. He sucks. You played like bitches. Ah, a light... Wonderful Friday here on Captain J Hood. Uh, my headphones are still on. Yes. Play like a little bitch. <laughs> I told Danny I wasn't using that word anymore. Okay. I'm out. <laughs> bitch or F uh, John Ham? Which one? He uses the F word still. We heard that. No, yesterday. he still uses that. You have, you're still using the F word. So. Oh, oh, almost again. <laughs> oh, uh, not me. Uh, I'm. My wife said something to me about that last night. Yeah. She's like, hun. Talking sports, please. She said, I work for a living. Okay, Mindy. That means they're skinning around. 
people are talking to her about it. Right. She wouldn't address it unless, hey, did you hear your husband, like a jackaloo, yeah. say F4 on, on the radio? Yeah, Mark Malnati, the oh. owner of Malnati's, was in the car. He listens to the show. He walked in at her little cubicle and says, hmm, your husband just dropped an F-bomb on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by Lou Malnati's. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's, that's great to know. Well, go. we have a, a scam artist here the, amongst us. It's not Johnny. It's not Charlie. It's... Not it is me. Shay Norling. Yes, correct. Shay Norling, the scam artist. Shay, so, Shay, let, let's talk about this because over the last month plus, you've talked about issues with your dentist. And, like, they go in there and you're supposed to have some work done and it has not worked out very well. I think you've been disappointed in the work they've done on your mouth, if you're part of the expression. I... <laughs> Come on. Right. Lead didn't be like that. Um, yes, I, I, I've been upset. I had my wisdom teeth out. They didn't knock me out for this. They did it while I was awake. Uh, and then it took about six weeks to heal. So I didn't enjoy that experience at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I realized they scheduled an appointment for me, a follow-up, that I never got reminders about until the day of. Mm-mm. And I had a few work meetings scheduled that I couldn't move. So I couldn't go to the dentist. But if you call and tell them you're not going to make it the morning of, you get charged a cancellation fee or a rescheduling fee or something where they're just going to screw you. Because, you know, I didn't even know I had this scheduled. They sent me the reminder the day of. So I called that morning. I did a bad thing, Hoodie. Mm. I called that morning and I told them that I tested positive for COVID and I didn't want to get anybody sick because I didn't want to get the rescheduling fee. I got bad karma coming my way. I mean, for, for a place person that works at Good Karma, there's bad karma coming your way. Yeah, why couldn't you just call and say, I'm sorry, I never received anything about this appointment till day of. And if they said, <laughs> well, sorry, we're charging you. No, I'm not going to pay the fee. And I will. T- Do they have your credit card on file or you just get a bill? Get billed. I don't want to deal with it. Then they send you to collections. You know, I have a buddy who can't get, he just didn't get an apartment because some scam artist sent him to collections for something he never actually owed. Oh, my God. There's Out of, out of all the uh, book of excuses that you could have been able to leaf through, you use COVID? Yeah, That's couldn't the one? you have said, you know, I, I got called out of town or something? Death in the family? Yeah. That's bad. Not, Is I, death I, I in the use, family I wouldn't use that. better than COVID? I wouldn't I'm going to get death. better karma for death in the family than tested positive for COVID. I don't want to get anybody sick. It's death in the family. Not, not necessarily my family, but there was a death in a family. Could have used that. Or you could have <laughs> just said, Look, Lisa Marie Presley passed. I can't make it to the dentist go. today. <laughs> Great balls of fire. Yeah, you also could have said, I. I'm just not feeling well, and I don't want to get anyone sick. I don't know if I have COVID or not. I haven't been able to get out and get a test, but I don't think it's a good idea. Uh, let's see. Shay, there's a call from the dentist's office. Let's go to that right now. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's see. Let's, <laughs> not there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, my God. COVID. Someone in Twitch chat asked, couldn't your dentist be listening? Yeah, man, does it sound like I care? I mean, really. Clearly not. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> like, no. They, they screwed my mouth up for a month. It took six weeks for my mouth to get right. Hoodie, I couldn't drink cold water until this week. I got my wisdom teeth out November 17th. Okay, but what, what did they do? Maybe you just are a bad healer. When I got the other ones, I see I did them two at a time because of the way that they were growing in. Yeah. The other ones healed in like two days. I'm telling you, this guy screwed me all up. 
Well, then go to another dentist, man. Right. And that's saying I don't want to pay any fees to these people, so. <laughs> that's COVID, he said. That's bad wow. karma, too. Yeah, that dentist. <laughs> yeah! I enjoy this. I hate the sound of that. I yeah. love the sound of a good drill in my mouth. Your pardon the expression. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Tom Ricketts from the Cubs joins us in two minutes on Cap and J Hood.